Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be finishing Parshas Tzav with Tzav Shevi'i, the seventh Aliyah in Parshas Tzav. Our Aliyah is a short one, running from Perik Ruches, Pasuk, Lamed to Lamed Vov, seven Psukim in total. The topic of our Aliyah is the conclusion of the Miluim, of, this, of the inauguration ceremony, in which we're told that Moshe Rabbeinu now takes the Shemen HaMeshcha, the anointing oil, and the blood, which is on the on Mizbeach, and he takes it and he sprinkles it on Aaron and his children and their clothes, with him as well, and he thereby sanctifies them and their clothes with them. Moshe then turns to Aaron and tells him, you need to cook the meat, which is going to be at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and you're going to eat it there with the blechem, that with the, oh, the bread that's in this basket, as kasher tzivesi lemor, as I commanded, saying you should eat it. Um, then the, anything which is left over should be burnt, any bread which is, or, or flesh which is left over should be burnt, and there's a special command that they're not allowed to leave the Pesach or Elmoy, the entrance of the tent of meeting, for these seven days. Even though the Mishkan is set up and, and put down each of these days, nonetheless, they're not allowed to leave this area for that period in time. And this is going to be in order to atone for them, and, and we hear that they have to be there day and night to be there, and you should be there as I commanded, in order that you do not die. And that's what Moshe, that, that's what Aaron and his children do, as Moshe Rabbeinu had commanded. So we have this very interesting aliyah here, as it concludes the inauguration ceremony of the seven days, leading to the eighth day, which is next parsha. One or two basic questions. Why is the anointing with blood and oil in this, in this aliyah? We noticed just a few aliyahs back that Aaron was anointed with the Shem and Amishka, with anointing oil. Here we have oil and blood. So Abarbanel explains that Aaron became the Kohen God that was just the oil, meaning Aaron is the only Kohen Gadol, but that uh, Kohen Gadol is not something, Kohen Gadol is not something which is passed from generation to generation. That's based on merit, and not every person gets to be a Kohen Gadol. Um, however, when it comes to basic kuna, basic priesthood, that is something which is hereditary, which is something which is passed from generation to generation, which is why when all the kohanim are anointed, it is with blood and oil. So the blood is to indicate that it actually runs in their veins. It is something which is going to be from generation to generation, whereas the kuna gadol is only with the oil, indicating that it is, it is based on the person, not necessarily who they were born to. And the next question is, is in Pasuk Laman Aleph, and again it mentions that at the end of Pasuk Laman Hay, there's a, this phrase, Kasher Tzivesi or Kasher Tzivesi, as I um, was commanded. What is interesting about this, points out Rav Hirsch, is that right now, up till now, Moshe Rabbeinu has been acting as the Kohen, because there is no Kohen yet until the end of the inauguration, and so Moshe Rabbeinu is initiating them, and he is the facilitator. He is the one bringing the Korbanos, he is the one doing everything necessary. However, it is important to realize, it is important to put Put things into perspective that he says to Aaron at the end that yes you now may be from here on inwards the priests but in the end of the day it's kasher tzivesi as I commanded meaning to say as the lawgiver who's a non-priest will be giving the law so your service in the base of Mikdash your service in the Mishkan is going to be circumscribed by the experience is going to be circumscribed by the experience or the ideas of the lawgiver. So therefore, if a person thinks, well, Judaism is all about hierarchies and you have these priests and the priests on the top of the totem pole, well, that may be true, but in the end of the day, it is true in the context of that they, they are fulfilling the law. And anybody can be the lawgiver if they so work, if they so dedicate their lives to studying and living the law. They can be the lawgivers who will even 
in a certain sense, regulate the activity of the Kohanim. The way that Rav Hirsch says it in very beautiful language, he says that anyone who speaks of a priestly hierarchy in Israel like that which exists in other circles is drawing this strictly from his own imagination. Meaning to say Judaism is on the one hand, yes, it has hierarchies, there are priests, there are Kohanim, there are Levim, there are Yisraelim, there are different levels of hierarchy, but there's a meritocracy which governs all of that. The Kohanim have to listen to the lawgivers. That's what's being indicated at the very important and crucial moment in Amiluim. Finally, what's this business? Why are they staying by the Mishkan for seven days? They're not allowed to leave, God says, because if you do, you're going to die. Why is this so significant? So on the one hand, the reason why they're doing this is because Hashem said so. But on the other hand, can we get a sense of why Hashem said so? There's a very, very strange and disturbing Tanchuma, which is a Medrash at the very beginning of Parshas Shmini, which it describes that it was seven days of Avelos, of mourning. Like HaKadosh Baruch Hu waited seven days before he destroyed the earth in Parshas Noach, before the, the flood, these were, those were, were called a pre-Avelis for the world, a pre-stage um, uh, uh, of mourning for the world. So too over here, Hashem was telling him to, to, to do a pre-stage of mourning. Why? What are they mourning for? Suggests through those Naim Torah, what they were mourning for was that on the eighth day of the Miloim, as we're going to see in Parshas Shmini, Nadav and Avio are going to die. The children, two of the four children are going to die. Half of Aaron's children are going to die in the process of becoming priests. And therefore, it's almost as if this is the morning, the pre-morning state. They, they for themselves and Aaron for his own children before this even happens. A lot of very important lessons to learn from you. Number one is it looks like they're feasting. It looks like they're celebrating. It looks like they're about to get the best job in the world. They're going to be forever more the priests of God and all the kickbacks and the wonderful things. But really, actually, they're actually mourning. Those seven days are also a period of mourning. That's what's happening over here as well. Another third lesson is that we have, see Hashem as a plan. It looks like it's a random act, a random command, and we think we know everything, and we don't really know everything until perhaps we get to the end of the story. But finally, a very important idea, and the Chavetz Chaim says, Chavetz Chaim says in general, he says that a person should never rely on getting into Gan Eden based on the actions, the davening and the tefillah and the kaddish of their children after they pass away. Don't say, I'm going to lead a life and I hope my children will help, me, help pull me out, because there's no guarantees. And he says that we learn this from over here as well. We learn it from this, uh, this instance where Nadav and Avil are sitting shiva for themselves. Nadav and Avil are sitting the, se the seven days of mourning for their own death, which is about to happen. Because it's not enough to rely on those who come in f uh, after us. It's important for ourselves to finish our cheshbon, to finish what we do in this world based on our own needs, based on, what, what, what our, on our own accounting. That's a very important lesson that's learned, and this is learned from our earlier. With this, we conclude Parashas Tzav. We move into the eighth day of the, of the inauguration, which is Shmini. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.